Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Law Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. <sighs> oh, man. Why are you laughing already? Oh, I'm just excited to be here. I'm so excited. Me too. What's going on? Nice to get nice to get off my feet. Right. Oh, it's been a big, big... Mm, it has been a, another big week here at the show. Another week here at the show. What can I get you, boys? Oh, oh. service is always good here in uh, good old Somerset. Uh, you know... Sounds disgusting, but you know, when in Somerset, do disgusting things, I guess. Um, sprig and cap for sap. Sprig and sap. I'll take a sprig and sap. That sounds Jeez. weird. I am actually quite tired today, so I'm going to forego the alcoholic adult beverages. I'm going to go for a Cloud Rest Clarified Coffee, please. Stout as possible. Stout as Coming right possible. Up. Oh, man. So, what's been going on? What have you been doing in the game? I am ha- very happy to report mm-hmm. that I have had three days what? of Somerset this week. <laughs> yeah. Compared to the beginning of the week that I had, it was a busy week, IRL. And hopping into the game was like my number one priority. Well, besides, you know, feeding the kid and making sure all the household stuff was taken care of. My <laughs> house doesn't sink into a sinkhole. Um, but yeah, I had a great weekend of Gameplay, dove in headfirst into Somerset. I still have not finished the main quest line, but it's probably because there's so many dang side quests, and at every turn, people are saying, Help me, help me, Cash! <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Oh. So that's where I end up, is just helping people do their stuff. And then, it's crazy. I know it's crazy, but I rolled another character. Mm. I loved working with Raz so much, and I don't have a Khajiit. Mm-hmm. I literally rolled another Stamina Warden. I'll probably get rid of my first Stamina Warden, but um, I rolled a Khajiit Stamina Warden. And uh, before you say it, why didn't you just do a race change and a name change? Because I'm cheap. <laughs> I'm thrifty. I'm very thrifty. I did not want to have to spend the crown, so <laughs> I just rolled another character. I love the level up experience anyway, so I figured I might as well just uh, roll a new character and start from scratch. I think we talked about this too yesterday. We did. We did talk I was about a it. A little bit disappointed in the starter quest. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. For new characters in Somerset, I was like, "That's it? What? I, yeah, yeah. It's." Um... You know, I still stand by what I said last week, that this is a perfect, near-perfect expansion. Um, but yeah, I made a new tune this past week as well. Uh, decided to dip in the, the Templar healing scene, particularly for the uh, raids that we uh, are going to eventually be doing at Lord Seekers, the official guild there. And um, so I'm like, you know what? Let's do the tutorial. Let's try this out and see what this is all about. I want to be able to report on it and talk about it on the show. Um, I have, you know, I, I don't know that, I, f- I feel like the Morrowind tutorial was better. It's like they wanted to start with 
like they wanted to start the tutorial a certain way, like it was full-on tutorial, like back to basics kind of thing, taking control of the camera a little bit. But then it's like halfway through that they stopped, and then they went to the old school feel of the, of the Morrowind tutorial, and it was just kind of like it was mashed together, and it it does kind of it, it's not as great or even close to as good as the Morrowind tutorial, and I'm not quite sure why like what the direction was on it. Um, or the thought process. I, I don't know if it was to make it a little bit quicker because I could see that you know it's a whole lot quicker. That's for sure. Um, but it does it. It definitely. I don't know. Like I, I don't know how to describe it effectively. It's like we went backwards on tutorials. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. And I, I think we we're both online at the time, right after I had rolled my kaji, and I went through that, and I was kind of bombed. I'm like, man, this was like super lackluster. So I'm not going to tell you really what the storyline is if you haven't done it, but it's very, it's a very minuscule storyline and it's really quick. I mean, I spent most of my time just like trying to get a couple levels running around. It's a big open area. Yeah. Very daedric. Um, I spent most of my time just kind of running around there looking for things to kill so I could level up a little bit before I actually popped into the world. And then as soon as you get out of it, you're basically thrust right in front of Raz um, at the beginning quests that you got on your other characters. So say if you brought a, a 50 over, you kind of, depending on where you land, you end up, your main goal is to get to talk to Raz. Well, that's where it puts you right after the beginning character starting tutorial. It puts you like right next to Raz. So, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot to it. And, you know, I won't belabor it, but... Um, I liked Morrowind's a little bit better. This one was just like really quick and just kind of like, oh yeah, by the way, you know, you're here and this is what I found and, you know, thanks for getting through it and here's your stuff back. Go talk to Raz. That's kind of felt kind of rushed. Yeah, I would, I, so. I would agree with that. So, yeah, it's been a busy week back in uh, Elder Scrolls Online. You rolled a new character. I did roll a new character as well. Um, all kinds of stuff going on. I, I, I've never felt so conflicted like in these past, what, we're on... Uh, this show now so yeah it's been over almost four months we're coming up on four months of Elder Scrolls content and I know we played a couple weeks before that I did and you've been playing uh, Akatosh knows how long but um, so I'm kind of conflicted like I'm you know like I played the I leveled the Sork Healer during the anniversary event all the way to 50 and I'm like huh okay so let's try the Templar Healer and man that is a night and day difference yeah it is a. Yeah. It really is. Like, and the more I get into it, the more it's so much easier and it's so much more effective. Which is yes. weird to say. And I think by you saying easier, it does lend to the fact that I'm a pretty firm believer. I don't have as much experience in this game as a lot of folks out there do, and they can probably play some of these different class healers better than I can. But in my experience, because I have a Magicka Warden healer, I have a Sork Magicka healer, and then I have my Templar healer, Magicka. Um, when you do the research out there and you're looking for the number one heals in ESO, every single time you're going to get back, hey, you can heal on this, you can heal on that. But they're kind of more like hybrid heals. And that the style of heals for anything that is not a Magicka Templar is just a little bit different. 
But you really do see, just like you mentioned, you really do see when you have a Magicka Templar heals, when you're playing it, how much easier it is to heal. Yeah, it's it's like it actually feels like it was built for that. Like then those first ten exactly within those first ten levels, I noticed it immediately. And I, I have an altmer. I made him an altmer, so the same as the sork for the for the extra the extra magica, and uh, but it's it's night and day, and it's so weird because you know yeah. you wouldn't expect to feel it that early on, but it, early on you feel it, and I, I I can totally see why this is the go-to healing class as far as when it comes to min-maxing, that sort of thing. Um, right. It's The Magicka just stays with you. It feels like forever. Uh, yes. You're, that was my next point. Yeah. For sure. Like Your sustain's insane. It's absolutely ridiculous. You almost feel like, can I, am I supposed to be doing this this early on? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like but anyway, yeah. good class. I've thought, I've thought that too, like when, you know, I'll be healing something more high level and I'll look over and I'll, I'll just kind of be standing around going, I know I should be doing something right now, but all my, all my resources are full. I'm looking at everybody's health bars. They're all full. And I'm just like, well, I must've done something right because nobody's dying. I'm not having to cast anything right now. Well, I might as well DPS. So throw out some DPS until somebody takes a couple hits. But yeah, I mean, there's, there is a lot of heals over time. And once you kind of set down that foundation of those heals over time, it does a lot of the work for you until, like, you know, a big boss starts taking big chunks of health, and then, you know, you could drop a couple things and breath of life if you really get in trouble. And um, so it is, it's a very, very powerful class. And I just don't think, even now that I've played all the healing types, well, most of the major healing types, I really don't think that you can beat a Magicka, especially Altmer. Magic at Templar. I just don't think you can beat it for healing. Yeah, it's pretty exceptional. All right, well, we probably should jump into the show. This uh, welcome everybody again. This is episode fourteen of the Lore Seekers podcast, and uh, we're your hosts. I am Jibs, and I am joined by Cash. It's nice to see everybody. I took about a thousand screenshots this week. Right. Me too. Yes. Somerset is among the most breathtaking content I have seen in the game and I will just throw this out there when I stepped foot on Artam for the first time I was mind blown yeah so awesome yeah I agree 100% it's fantastic um, <laughs> uh, everything about it's fantastic there's not there's never a time when you know you're going through Somerset and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I I don't want to screenshot something. I, I've taken more screenshots in the past week than I've almost taken my entire four months of, of playing. Like it's just fantastic what you see in there. But awesome stuff, awesome awesome stuff. Um, yeah, we should just jump right in this. So this week on the show we are uh, talking. Let's see. So we played this the expansion the past week or what. Two weeks now? Two weeks? And so we got to thinking, I'm like, huh, you know, they're working on the next expansion. We know they are, so we're going to talk about it. Um, we're also going to be doing uh, ESO 101, finally, on add-ons, so you can look forward to that. And we're doing a special lore lesson on the sea load You guys can look for that, too, for those of you uh, big in mm. Somerset. Oh, 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 ha, 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 oh, oh. Thank you, Java. You're welcome. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we are answering your voicemails later in the cast. But anywho, before we get started, though, uh, while we're here, so I told you all um, a few weeks ago, we uh, we're going to be giving away my Mafala statue from the ESO Collector's Edition. Blasphemy. Uh, well, you know what? I don't want to scare the young one. So, being the dad that I am. I'm going to give it away to some lucky member in the name of Lore Seekers. So here's what you do. The tweet is out right now. If you go over to at Lore Seekers Cast on Twitter and pinned at the top, you're going to see the Mafala giveaway tweet. All you got to do is follow us on Twitter there and retweet it, and you're entered. We're going to do. What if you're already following? Can I enter? No, you cannot enter. You don't count. Uh, you can. Bro. You can <laughs> Drawing will be on Thursday, June 14th. So if you're already following us, well, you're already halfway there. All you got to do is retweet the tweet. That's it. Get entered. Get it free. It's awesome. It's a beautiful Ooh, I haven't. It is beautiful. It's awesome. Um, actually, I'm staring up at mine right it's now. gorgeous. She's beautiful. She is. Hi, Mafala. Mm. Have a nice day. Um, I have an update on GameStop. I think we should update the peoples. Okay. Okay. So I was a little concerned i'm sure you could probably tell it in the sound of my voice um i was a little concerned slash panicked about not getting my stuff right Mm -hmm. i got it yay pretty pretty timely i pretty timely but at least i'll say this i have tested the system the system seems to be working pretty decently um because the questions that i had about getting my copy soon, getting my codes, being able to hop in the game. And then I ended up having to work, which I think was extremely hilarious. All this stress over nothing, because I couldn't I couldn't really play very much for the first three days anyway. <laughs> but um, I'm not really apologizing to GameStop. <laughs> but I'm sorry, GameStop. I, maybe I was a little judged a little harshly. Um, oh, I'm offended. I did get what well, when I when I made the phone call to them, I did get some conflicting information that Zenimax cleared up for me. So thank you for that. And then on top of that, I was also contacted on Twitter from Jen and community management. And I felt I was so like pleased and honored that she did that. Um, I guess it's probably because our voices are on the airwaves and we were concerned about stuff. Uh, but she reached out to me personally and I was like, I don't think you can really get better than that. So the, and then the customer service from Zenimax was outstanding. They got back to me super quickly anyway, even with my ticket. Um, so anyway, besides getting a little bit of bad information from GameStop, I can't really, I wasn't mean to the lady at all. I mean, she was a really nice lady and I just kind of felt bad for the whole thing. So anyway, Here's the thing. The system was tested. The system works. The customer support was great, really, on both sides. And I ended up getting my game box the morning of it came, uh, the morning of uh, early access. So I got my physical copy then. And then the next day, I had my codes. So no complaints. I retract my anger and disdain for GameStop. Kind of couldn't complain with the whole thing. So anyway, can we talk? I'm a happy guy. Can we talk about the elephant in the room that's been going on on social media? 
that a stream was live for 24 hours with absolutely nothing going on. Does this have anything to do with my pre-order for this Somerset? This has absolutely nothing to do with the Elder Scrolls Online. But... It's a Bethesda has game. To, has to do with Bethesda. And if you have listened to the show, and you and I both know, we're both huge Star Wars fans. Like, obscenely obsessed with Star Wars. We're both obscenely obsessed with uh, Elder Scrolls. And we're obsessed with Fallout. Should we should we talk about this? Can we take five? Or should we should we move on? Should we You're really thinking. I mean you're really just You're really staring. No, I think you opened up the can of worms, so you might should as well we, roll with it. Should we go? Should we just let it ride? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean it's no different than the rest of the community. I mean our the Lower Seekers community is talking about it, our community at Mognation's talking about it, all of Twitter's talking about it. It's the latest, greatest thing that people are talking about right now and it is Bethesda well E3's coming up in like two weeks yeah so we're kind of that's why all the teasers are starting to pop out and Bethesda started to pop theirs out so yeah we're kind of at this point and usually that you um, if you follow gaming closely particularly if you're involved in gaming media you will notice about the last two weeks before E3 one of two things happens one there really isn't any news on a particular say you're following a particular game there really isn't a whole lot of news. They tend to get quiet, particularly if they're going to have a showing at E3. Or two, they start throwing all kinds of teasers out. And we've seen that with Bethesda. For those of you who don't know, Bethesda did a 20... It's pretty much almost a 24-hour live stream. Uh, it, I think it was just a couple hours short, 24 hours actually. And it showcased the new Fallout logo. And nothing went on, you know. But by the end of it, they had over 2 million unique viewers... Uh, during that period, people were going nuts all over social media. Stuff's finally so they the following day they released a teaser, Fallout seventy six, new game. You and I both have been really talking about this behind the scenes for a long time. I personally think it's a, some type of online game, um, if not MMO, and then something very online based that involves more than just you, but. Man, I'm kind of excited to see what happens. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is about it is that when, as soon as the, you know, like you sent me the link this morning, because you're three hours ahead of me. So Jibs is three hours ahead of me. He sends me a link. I'm like barely rolling out of bed, getting my bearings. You're like, mama, where am I? <laughs> and I get this text message and it says, you're probably going to want to watch this. So I took a look at it. It was the, the teaser trailer. And yeah, it teased Vault 76, which... I am. I've played a couple of the games, Fallout Three and Four, but I do not know the lore for Fallout, like at all. And there are tons of folks out there that know. I'm way more of an Elder Scrolls lore hound than I am Fallout at all. Um, but people were saying that Fallout or that uh, Vault Seventy Six was like a controlled group of people, and there was only five hundred people. Within this, within Vault 76. So they're thinking that there's already speculation that if they're going with lore, which we know Bethesda usually does, that it wouldn't be a massively multiplayer online game. It would be some type of a limited, limited multiplayer online game um, because of that small control, controlled environment that Vault 76 was supposed to be. So. 
I don't know. I mean, look, I have so much Elder Scrolls lore going on in my head. I would really have to research it to try and figure out what they're looking to do with uh, with Fallout. But there's a lot of hype behind it right now. Tons. Yesterday when I went to Twitch, just to watch... I mean, I was playing ESO and writing our lore lesson for today. I watched about three hours of their stream. just, And their stream literally was a TV. It was a big screen TV with a graphic on it that said, please stand by in, in Fallout style. Mm-hmm. And it was um, the Pip-Boy. No, not the Pip-Boy. It was the Vault Boy uh, bobblehead. Yep. Am I wrong? And then there was one balloon, one yellow balloon in the background. That's all it was. And there was 155,000 people watching it. And you couldn't even keep up with... I just turned off the um, the chat because chat oh, yeah. you couldn't yeah. keep up with it. It was crazy. Um, but the funny part is, is that those teasing teasers at Bethesda, every once in a while they would like stick their head in front of the camera... At one point, some guy or some lady came over and she was holding a can of Nuka-Cola. So there was little things like that going on. And people were just soaking it up, watching this, mindlessly watching this stream of nothing. It was pretty fun. Yeah. And then I wait. I checked back later that night and they had turned all the lights off. And it was just the TV. And the pit boy was laying down like he was sleeping. Like they had covered him up like he was sleeping. So Oh, that is funny. This morning I go and check it and he's back up. First thing I see on chat, when did he wake up? (laughs) People are ravenously just staring at the screen waiting. And then a clock, a little watch gets put on there and it said 10 o'clock. You know what, though? That I like that kind of stuff that I mean, you want to talk about building hype and people are, oh, hype train, hype train. Who freaking cares? That is the cool part about video games and the development cycle of these games and streaming now and that it opens up this type of fun environment. I love that. Like, do you remember when Zenimax released the, um, the, the main screen, the teaser screen on Twitter for Somerset? Oh yeah. Do you remember that? We were just like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. That's the fun part. <laughs> the hype that it built. That is, that's half the fun yeah, of this whole process. And especially this time of year, because E3 is, one of the largest, if not the largest, gaming convention um, in the world. Right. And um, I've had several years that I've been able to go to E3, and I'm not going this year just because of reasons. But to save, E3 save is it's massive. So there's a ton of hype that's built behind it. Yeah. Um, and it's just a really fun experience, and they're starting to build on that with this new title yeah yeah we're so uh interesting to see what it is we're going to watch it and see what happens i i'm excited that's for sure i think by the way i don't know if you noticed this or not but um on that teaser it said october 27th on the little screen yeah i i didn't notice that because i just watched it one time but i read an article where there was a lot of speculation going on about the october 27th and that that puts it right into perspective because the way Bethesda does it is they hold their cards very close to their chest. Mm-hmm. They're super tight-lipped. 
I mean, Todd Howard, I read an article about Todd Howard, like he wouldn't even tell his own son what they were working on. I'm like, that is hard. Yeah. Freaking core. Yeah. Remember when we were doing Level Up Morning Show and they announced Fallout 4? Yes. And we covered it? That's when I really started watching Bethesda and how they do things. And and we're almost done here, folks. I know this is Elder Scrolls and we'll move on, but... I'll be honest, there's people who's saying it's a remaster, who's people who's saying it's um, an anniversary. That's not like Bethesda to only do that. Now, what I mean by that is this. That's not big enough. That's not big enough for them when it comes to these kind of announcements. That, I can guarantee you that that probably will happen. Um, I mean, let me rephrase that. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens, but that would be... Any anniversary or any remaster of a Fallout title would be something that goes along with the big announcement. Cash, you and I were talking, and you brought up the point. Remember when they launched Fall- or announced Fallout 4, and they're like, oh, hey, by the way, here's a fully completed game that you didn't even know was coming out called Fallout Shelter. And they totally downplayed it. Yes, and that uh, it, it also lends to the fact that they there have been several developers from Bethesda that have talked about the things that they have going on and what they are going to announce at E3. Um, they've already said that, I think it's June 10th, right? Mm-hmm. June 10th in the evening is going to be Bethesda's showcase of their new games. And they've already said that it's going to be the biggest showcase that they've ever had. Yeah. Um, and they've also said that there are they're working on two AAA titles. So I would imagine that this is one of the AAA titles. And then doing a little bit of digging yesterday, there was also the the fact that I think it was back in 2013, they secured uh, the trademark for Starfield. Yeah. Which was supposed to be a futuristic um, type of a title they're working on. Well, they not only secured it for PC games and console games, but in 2017 they renewed that trademark for... Or the copyright trademark, one of those two, the rights to it for also mobile games. Yeah. Which would lead us to believe that maybe with whatever new title they're releasing above and beyond uh, the Fallout game, that they're also going to have some type of a mobile game yeah. that goes with it. Yeah, it was funny. If you go back and look, I believe it was 2017's E3, there was speculation that they had planned to announce Starfield then because if you looked at the background it was set up as if there was all these stars animated in the back but it was weird it was very stylized looking background to it and they're like oh this must be it and then the speculation is that last minute they pulled out so they were waiting until this year so yeah so if if it does anything and now we we know that this is that we're we cast about an Elder Scrolls game. We get that. That's that's where where our love is. That's what that, that's what we normally talk about. But I think that we would be remiss if we didn't mention it because it is this is a Bethesda game that we talk about every week, and new Bethesda games are coming out. And I know there's a lot of speculation about Elder Scrolls Six, which I would be remiss if I did not mention that Elder Scrolls Six they have several times confirmed that yes of course we're working on Elder Scrolls 6 but our vision for that game the technology that we want for that game is not out yet and I think that's what was mentioned a couple years ago by Todd Howard Uh, there was an interview I think um, IGN did an interview with him where he said that so I think it is incredibly highly doubtful that we get a 
announcement for Elder Scrolls 6 this year. Yeah, there's no way. Could I be wrong? Yes, I could be wrong. But the way Bethesda and the way Bethesda normally does it, cards close to their chest, they blab out, you know, their big um, their big announcement, and then three months later, the game is here. Yeah. So you can pretty much guarantee that, which I think the October 27th um, Easter egg that was in that video is probably right on par with them announcing something at E3, and then boom, game's here. Yeah, they, Bef- that's how... Four months, but... Yeah, and that's how they've, they've said in the past, too. Particularly, I think it was Todd, he said... We like to do announce. We like to keep our announcements and release windows really close together, and so I could totally see right. you know that being October. But anyway, yep. we probably should move on. Hype train speculation. Hey, you two, give us some news. All right. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit of uh, news in Elder Scrolls Online. Now, there really wasn't a whole lot to it this past week. <laughs> Not, I mean, really, we're kind of in the like simmer period with with uh, Somerset. It's getting ready to launch on console. It's already been out on PC, and so we're kind of in one of those weird in between weeks when there really isn't a whole lot of news. They did do an ESO live on CloudRest, um, and so that was fun to watch. You know, it kind of gives us something to look forward to when we get start getting involved in in the CloudRest raid. But um, really, that was about it. There wasn't a whole lot the- going on. The funny part was listening to uh, Gina Bruno drop f bombs. That and balls <laughs> going into, into cloud rest was hilarious. So, but it, it was it was actually uh, really neat. Yeah, I mean the um, the mechanics in that uh, in that trial look formidable and fun. And I haven't jumped into it yet, and I'm looking to do so here within the next couple of weeks. Maybe hop into a pug and give it a shot. Right. Get some brave man, some good achievements there. So one thing we thought we would do, and yes, we know this game is expansion has just come out. Yes, we know it's not out on console yet, but just for kicks and giggles, we thought, huh, let's do a discussion on the top three things we want to see in the next expansion because we know it's getting made. So Cinemax is going to hate us right now. Yeah, probably will. What? (laughs) (laughs) I hope not because we love you long time. But uh, anyway. Um, so, Cash, I'm going to let you start this off. Top three things that we want to see in the next expansion. Yeah, so I'm not going to speculate on the zone I want to see because I, I think there's so much that they could do that I'm going to leave this to more uh, more vague things. Well, I guess you could call my vague things kind of specific. But um, these are more of enhancing gameplay, enhancing the experience that we have in ESO. Um, The first one I'm just going to throw out there just because it's kind of my jam is a bard class. It is, it's canon for one in Elder Scrolls. It's not just like a and d thing, but I think a bard class would be super fun. There is enough terrible bard content singing that goes on in the game anyway I think it would be really cool to have like a class that is a traveling storyteller uh, somebody who seeks the lore I'd love just to role play it um, you know he can do like certain chants to to heal to buff your to buff your party um, totally reminds me of you know time. yeah totally I mean it's that's what the bard class is all about is you know, he could be some kind of a, a chanter that um, charms 
certain mobs. Uh, just something like that where, right. you know, kind of a roguish, thieving type of a character would be, you know, everything the bar, that a bard is. And, you know, you do a weapon switch and there's a whole line of him, um, you know, kind of minstrelly playing his, uh, his loot. How freaking cool would that be? Agreed. 100%. It would just just be fun. So that that's my number one. I would love to have some kind of a bard class. The second one probably opens a giant cam- can of worms. but And I don't know how lore-centric this could be, but I really would like some type of underwater content in the game. Hmm. The water is so beautiful. And there is so much lore behind the sea surrounding Tamriel that it would be really cool to have some type of water content, specifically underwater content, to where maybe you can't dive underwater for long periods of time. And like, I know World of Warcraft had entire zones underwater. I'm not specifically looking for that, but I would really like to find treasure and content Mm -hmm. and explore sunken ships under the water because I know that they would be able to do it very, very well. The swimming mechanics already in the game. We just got to get under the surface a little bit and throw that mechanic into the game, I think would be awesome. I could totally see that being a thing simply because one, they've done an excellent job really bringing to life the sea slowed, which I know we're going to talk about in a little bit. But they've done an excellent job introducing that. And they've done an excellent job, yeah. you know, the the creatures that come... I forget, what are they, the Welwa? That's not it. That come up out of the ground. Yeah. Oh, or yeah, I forget. Of, underwater. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, yeah, I- anywho, so, I mean, that makes total sense. At some point, seeing some type of water content, um, yeah, it wouldn't have to be a whole expansion dedicated to it, but, man, that would... It would be cool, and it makes sense. Especially now that we kind of have that connection with the water uh, mobs and the the slows. So, right when the slows, we will be we'll definitely will be talking about her soon. But here's the other thing. Um, my third, I would love to see more customization with your character and your mounts, in particularly backpacks and satchels on your character, like on your character. Ooh, yeah. Being able to craft different looking backpacks and satchels and, you know, um, say your character is a is a crafter, you know, maybe one with like a little lantern oh, yeah. hanging off the side or, you know, like a like a mining pick in there or say, um, you know, say your, your character like I like to role play my character is like a treasure hunter Um you know, looking for always looking for lore. So maybe say you have like a satchel with like uh, scrolls or something hanging out the side of it. Right. Um, you know, if you're an alchemist, you know you got little uh, little pouches and stuff, and you know maybe like a little bushel of uh, like twined up um, ingredients or something, or potion bottles or something. I mean, just some different things, some different looks for your character to truly make them unique. And I know it'd be difficult to do with, you know, having a big giant sword on your back or something like that. But um, I hate to bring up another game, but I think Guild Wars 2 did this very well. Like with the whole backpack Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, different types of packs that you can have on. And then um, being able to do the same for your mount. 
like a, some type of a customizable saddle or something for your mount. Yeah. That would be insanely freaking cool for, you know, for from a lore perspective. Yeah. Would be really neat. Kind of bring into life the whole traveler adventurer to the game. Making that exactly. much more realistic. I would even go on to say maybe even cloaks added in there at some point, some way. Oh, yeah, that's you know what huge. I mean? I mean, yeah, that'd be really cool. I mean, shoot, go to... If you go right now to Nexus Mods and you look at top uh, all-time Skyrim mod downloads, Cloaks is right up there. People love it. They eat that stuff up. And yeah. to be able- Well, it makes you look like Strider, you know? Oh, yeah. Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. It looks super cool. Absolutely. Yep. And then you like, I totally get the satchel thing. You can have little vials, you know, if you're in alchemy. Man, that'd be cool. That would be fun. I, w- yep. I would dig that. Totally kind of, in a way, take Elder Scrolls a little outside the box as far as the standard MMO, you know, you're all armored up and all that, you know, a, a, a character, there's more to a character than, than just the armor, you know, there's the, the crafting part, the, so absolutely, totally agree. Right. So when I was thinking of what they should add for the next expansion during my time leveling, it's now been two sorks. I thought this over and over and over and I'm like, man, yes, you can kind of, you know, you can spec into this and you can kind of do this stuff and, Really, no matter what, it comes down to just being kind of like it. But I would like to see a true necromancer class where you yep. are... And really, there's there the lore is there. I mean, you are reanimating the dead. You are, you've got uh, the whole worm cult side aspect of it. You've got the... Um, what was it? The... What are they called? The... The minions that they use they're just a bunch of body parts um, I can't think of it at the moment but not not the constructs but the um, not atronox not atronox I know you know what I mean though they'll yep. yeah those those dudes I mean just a true you know the whole kind of like ethereal green effects to it you know the dark dingy side I think that'd be awesome we I really think we need that and when we had the warden which is now two expansions ago at this point. Um, and so I think next expansion, next round, which hopefully I'm assuming is next year when we'll get the next expansion, uh, I would love to see that added to the game. That really, to explore that whole dark side of the, the magicka, I think that'd be just awesome. And then on top of that, a new race. I would love to see, uh, shoot, even the Mayomer, the we talked about last week, the Sea Elves, um, you know, this game being far behind all the other games, I would love to them adventure out somehow, some way, even if for if it's for a brief time, showcase the snow elves or the now mind you, I don't know how they do all this. I'm but just throwing this out there, the Dunmer, uh, some you know, just something that's different, something that really showcases a race that we're not used to playing or something that's different, you know, that really kind of adds to the experience. And then my final thing was expand the housing system even more. Because here's my thing. Like, you go into these houses and you put so much work into these houses and they're your own and, you know, the the, the people at, at Zoss who are responsible for this stuff did a fantastic job. Uh, he was on a ESO Live, forget his name, but um, showcasing the housing for uh, Alinor. But... I would really like to see this expanded to make to bring it to life a little bit more. One of those things being, even if it's 
allowing us to buy packs of NPCs to have in our home. Whether it's you have your own bard, you know, or you have your own just townsfolk people that you can have there just to help bring that experience to life even more. Or maybe even, I know this would be a stretch, but neighborhoods, some type of way of bringing together multiple players' homes in a way that's where it feels like you're more connected. Because, yes, you can travel to primary residence, but ultimately there's parts of the housing system that feels very solo, very alone, you know? So I totally love to see that experience expanded to be able to kind of, like, get the more social aspect of it. Um, and then, on top of that, guild housing. Man, we really need... Yeah. We really need guild housing. Yes, the it's right. kind of an unwritten rule that the GM of a guild is the guild house, but that's that's not enough. It really isn't. We need to see something that's bigger. SWOTOR can do it. These guys can do it. I know... I mean, obviously, I don't know the technical restrictions. I know there are technical restrictions they'd have to work around. But we really do need guild housing. And it needs to be able to hold, like, 50 people. You know what I mean? At least. Yeah, and I think that's probably the reason why it hasn't been done yet is just because of the the instancing and the amount of people that you'd have to add in. Because if you you say, um, all right, here's your guild house... And the cap for the guild is 500 people, but you can't fit the entire guild into that area. That would probably present a problem. I think people would probably flip out over that. But at the same time, what an undertaking would be for them to make a guild house zone that holds 500 up to 500 people. That's insane. That's yeah. a whole other server. That'd be a lot of you know what I mean? On the servers. A lot of strain. So. I would imagine that's probably the reason why they haven't gone that route yet. Um, but is it needed? Yeah, I absolutely think it should be needed. Even if they could do something where you could fit 75 people or 50 people would be better than not having Not having anything. That. Right. I mean... Um, I wanted to touch on your Necromancer class real quick. Actually, I'm going to touch on your new race. No, they're not adding the Dweamer. What did I say? Dunmer? No, 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 no. You, yeah, you said Dunmer. Were you talking Dweamer? I, meant, you I, Dweamer? Meant, I meant Dweamer. I know they're not going to, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just... It would be really cool, though. Throwing it out there. It would be really cool, though, if they wrote it. If they wrote them back into the lore. And, oh, yeah. Guess what we found? An island of Dweamer. We found out where they went. They didn't all die. That would be awesome. For one. Yeah. Is it going to happen? No. Never. <laughs> so, so there's that. No. Um, but you know, your necromancer class, I think would be really interesting because of this. The necromancer is, I mean, when we, we kind of saw this happen when the split between Mana Marco and Vanis Galarian happened when they were both Sigics. Yeah. Right. They were friends, but as soon as Vanis Galarian found out that Mana Marco was dabbling in necromancy, um, and then told the Sigic Order about it, it was like, whoa, 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 everybody's backpedaling on the thing, and now, because it's such a touchy subject in Tamriel. Right. So it would have to be a different, almost a different faction. You know what I mean? Not necessarily wow, part of the Three Banners War, 
Yeah, but it would have to be like an offshoot to, and you want to talk about people, you know, uh, being gnarly to you when you walk into a town. If they found out you were a necromancer, let me throw. And you're walking yeah. into a town, man. Okay, let me throw this out at you. And uh, okay, what if they did almost like a traditional hybrid faction, similar to the way that they introduced Wrath of the Lich King? You know what I mean? Where you mean like with the Death Knight? Yeah, with the Death Knight. I could that would make sense if, if yeah. I mean, okay, so yeah, you'd have that whole beginning area, and you kind of those first introductory quests, you you get written in a little bit, but man, like uh, that would make sense they, to have their own kind of roguish faction, people who are still at the time dedicated to uh, Mana Marco, and everything, because there has to be he had a following. I mean, you didn't you you don't go and fight through all those mobs during the main quest line, which we won't spoil. Don't worry about it. It, it. For nothing, you know, he had a follower base, and he was very much a part of the Tiso lore. I would love for them. We've done the whole nature side with the warden, where everything's very f- nature friendly, you know, and it just kind of has that feel of like like he has the kind of the, like those pure motives, those pure that you know the whole nature aspect of it all. Everything from the healing, the plant life, and all that. To flip it on its head and do the whole... What if a player played a necromancer? You know, what if they were a part of like a hybrid faction for a few introductory quests? You know, and they eventually decide to pick a faction. Is that beyond Elder Scrolls? Or is it, you know, is it? would it fit in? Would it fit right in? I think it would fit right in. I think you, it's just the way that it's that it's boxed. You know what I mean? You can you can fit anything. You can fit a lot of things into the lore. I'm not going to say anything, but you can fit a lot of things into the lore as long as you can box it. Right. You know, if you I mean, look at like with, with Somerset, they wrote a ton of extra stuff, a ton of new stuff. Stuff that's added on, like specifically the Sigic Order, stuff that is added on. The only reason I know that is because of looking at the at the lore and the wikis and stuff before they release content. And now after they release content, new content, all the wikis are updated. So it's like we're literally watching the world of Elder Scrolls evolve in front of us by playing this game. You know, playing the games in these series. Um, so yeah, could they add it in? Absolutely. It just all it all leads to how they frame it to the player. They're gonna buy it or not. And there's there's tons of people out there that know so much more lore than I will ever know. They'll probably forget more lore than I'll ever learn. Right. But but uh I think those people are few and far between. So could they sell something like that um and make it into a, a viable class and a viable faction within the game? Heck yes, like similar to the Sigics. Well, the Sigics have their own skill line. Well, why not dedicate an entire class to necromancy? Yeah. And make it like really Daedric. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that your character has to be a goody two shoes. They added in the Dark Brotherhood. That's as sinister and evil as anything that I've ever played through. Yeah. So why could you not do that with um, with the true necromancer class? I think it would. 
be sick. Oh, it was so yeah, sick. and it would be really well received. Ultim- I would say at least, <laughs> I would say at least half the player base at least would be into this. I mean, shoot, this is it's. We've seen this stuff since Oblivion. If you go way back in the day, you know, to other Elder Scrolls games, that content is there. Necromancy is a very big part of the Elder Scrolls experience, and it makes sense lore-wise. So, yeah, could you imagine like a hybrid oh, building like a hybrid class like a dark battle mage? Oh my gosh. Oh, dude, how awesome would that be? Heavy armor, yeah. Daedric spells. Yeah, just decayed. Shield, you know, sword and board. Oh, oh. Decayed looking armor. Just, ugh. Oh. Shut up. Holy balls. Stop it. Make it so. Anyway. Hey! Uh, oh, hey, look who's here. <laughs> Speaking of <sighs> necromancy. Us here. Enter my mind, Vestige, and walk with me through the shadows of past events. All right, well, it's that time again, bringing back a very special uh, Elder Scrolls Online. I don't know why I said the game. Lore Seekers, lore lesson. <laughs> but uh, with the sea load. So, Cash, you did some studying. Let me, let me hear it. I did. I was intrigued by the entrance of the Slode. And I didn't realize that in the main storyline, zero spoilers, um besides this one little itty-bitty itty bitty one, that the slowed is a part of, I mean, a, like a big part. It's not just like little things that you go out and you run around and kill or you find in the world, like the Welwa. Right. Um, the slowed are a big part of the quest line. Agreed. Didn't see it coming. No, neither did I. So I wanted to hop in and talk to you a little bit about the slowed. I was a little bit worried when I started to do my research because I didn't know... That the slowed were going to have such a robust amount of information. And then I found a crap ton. So I was like, holy moly. <laughs> there is a lot about the slowed. So let's talk about it. Because they are a pretty big part of Tamriel. And I, I hadn't realized it until I started going through this. They're also known as slugmen. And they're from an island system. That's a compliment within the Abation Sea called the Thras, or called Thras, T-H-R-A-S. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of necromancy, the Slode are very well known for their use of necromancy. And as a matter of fact, they are thought of as being some of the most talented necromancers in all of Tamriel. Confirmed. Next race, Sea Slode, character name, Job of the Hut. Oh, God, no, it wouldn't work. It would, it would not work, and I will explain why these slimy, spiky, freaking weirdo Jabba the Hutt-looking octopus things would not work for a race in, in the game. But I'll tell you what they are. They are quite possibly the most hated beings in all of Tamriel, and that is not Cash the Lore Seeker talking. That is the history talking. Wow. Okay. Of the slowed, yes, they are. They're very well known for being quite possibly the most hated beings in all of Tamriel. Before we go on, let's talk a little bit about their physical appearance and their traits. When they're born, the slowed are grubs. Basically, they're small, amorphous, 
little evolving, squishy aquatic creatures. Mm. Yeah, gro- freaking gross, really. Honestly. I mean, who would want to touch mm. one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, they look... They kind of have some octopusy things. Ooh, maybe that was a poor choice of words. But uh, we're going to roll with it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> during their younger years, Jim's just beat himself. <laughs> okay. Whew. Carry on. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, folks. I'm not editing that out. Sorry. I know. We're not even talking about Kajid either. It's, <laughs> I legit just... Yep. Called yep. them octopus. We'll just so, it's perfect. a Bond movie. It's not, you know, it that's a thing. I shocked my wife. It she is. didn't know that was a movie. Anyway, all right. Get your minds out of the gutters, you Yeah, we were talking people. about the Bond movie. Come on. Yeah. Jeez, we're talking about Elder Scrolls. This is a game. <gasps> Kids play this. <gasps> okay, so anyway. During the younger years, the young slowed are known as Paul Wagiles. What? I think I said that correctly. Paul Wiggles. <laughs> Paul Wiggles. Paul Wiggles. Five, words, one more time. Make it five. <laughs> words are devastatingly hard. So when they're young, they're called a Paul Wiggle. Paul Wiggle. Uh, it's basically a larvae. And the mature slowed have been known to, cre- or to collect this larvae during the time of their young. So they'll literally collect the larvae that are supposed to turn into slowed and they will use that larvae the live larvae to make a compound known as slowed soap it's a waxy potent alchemical mixture and it is believed in part to be what they use in making their plagues because the slowed are known for making plagues. As a matter of fact, they are known for making the most infamous plague in Tamrielic history called the Thracian Plague, which was made from mutated slowed soap. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the Thracian Plague. A little more about the slowed soap. Um, It's canon within the games. Um, More I want to say the single player game slowed soap uh, was used it was an ingredient that was used along with bone meal to make a restore agility potion within the game mm-hmm. so slowed soap is certainly canon um, okay let's talk about the we're going to talk a little bit more about the thracian plague once we get through the physiology of the disgusting creatures so an adult slowed is most commonly seen stage of development. They're most slow that you see are adults, basically, is what I'm saying. They're large, they're bipedal, they look like slugs, and they are known for an incredibly obscene odor. That's disgusting. It's like a slobbery body odor. Exactly. They freaking stink. By the way, I can confirm that. That was in Marwind. The whole uh, slowed soap. Boom, yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, so they're they're really heavy. They're gigantic. And most of them, most adults slowed, are incredibly slow, if not completely immobile, unless they're submerged in water. If they're in water, they can be a little bit more... If they're, they can move around. But if they're on land, 
they're anything if not immobile, like static. I feel like they're constantly RP walking is what I'm getting. Yeah, pretty much. Super slow. So they don't move fast. They have a, a very, very poor ability to grasp things, you know, with their little little tiny T-Rex hands. And their dexterity is terrible, which severely limits their use of traditional tools, which is why they would be a very poor race to play in ESO mm-hmm. or in any game. Mm-hmm. So they are incapable of mating with other races, thank God, because I don't... Oh. Gosh, no. <laughs> that's disgusting. Really know who would be interested in that, but you never know. People are weird. You never know what people are into. And really, it's none of our business. Yeah. So they really don't have visible reproductive organs. This one's awesome. <laughs> they really don't have visible reproductive organs until they grow old enough to traverse slowly on land. But at the same time, at during this time period in their development, the reproductive organs will retract. <laughs> I'm having a real hard time yeah. making it through this. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I don't. We'll we'll quickly go through this. Okay, so slow. Do not care for their young and abandon them at birth, which kind of sets the stage for how a holy they, tr- they all truly totally are. Just ticked off at everyone. I get it now. Yeah, they. I mean, all, we thought Altmer were douchebags. Yeah. These are terror. They're terrible beings mm. all around. So, all right. So it's speculated the slowed are also incapable of reading or writing. Although one very highly feared slowed necromancer by the name of Nagasta is known to have written a book in their very unique language during the second era. Hmm. Nagasta, ring a bell. Okay. Somerset. Yep. Hashtag play it. Um, the slowed are known to have a very perfect memory. They're capable of remembering everything they have seen or heard during their lifetime. That's information freaking overload right there. Mm. But they're capable hmm. of it. Yeah. They are known to have very calculated, very deliberate personality traits. They have very, very strong minds. So although they're slow movers, they are very quick thinkers and they're incredibly cautious in their dealings. So they think very quickly, but they have a tendency to meticulously consider every single aspect of an action and its consequences before they actually carry it out. So it makes their decision-making process very, very slow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, for... It's funny. I, while I was reading this, I'm like, man, for law enforcement, it would be very amazing to deal with somebody like this because we always talk about the OODA loop Mm -hmm. I think it's like observe obtain or obtain observe um, I forget what OODA is Uh, decide and act something like that anyway it goes through the natural process of decision making when you're faced with a critical situation so to deal with a criminal that has the slow's mentality of I'm going to consider <laughs> all the options I have available and all of the possible outcomes. Like, by that time, bro, you're in custody or you're shot. <laughs> Crap has already happened. We're already... I'm already on my break. You know what I mean? I'm already code 7 already right now. So. <laughs> so, anyway. 
Um, I thought that was pretty funny. That whole thing came out like their OODA loop is extremely slow. And if you don't know what OODA loop is, you can Google it. It's all there anyway. You do know. I, I digress. So their decision-making process is really, really slow. And a funny part that I read was that the most well-known heroes in slowed culture spend incredulous amounts of time contemplating until they finally act and they nearly always succeed. So the slowed are so intent on this slow form of contemplation that in their in their actual language, the word adventure literally means tragic disaster. <laughs> so, so like they have no sense of adventure at all because they have to consider everything. So there is no spur of the moment crap happening in slowed culture. <laughs> it is just it's slow contemplation and what could possibly happen? I'm going to take a year to think about it before I decide to move. Imagine how government is there. They have elections that are like 10 years long just because they can't decide oh, who to vote for. <laughs> God, terrible. So anyway, and this is the part that real. this next part is really what stuck with me for how they truly are, for what their, the culture of the slowed truly is. The slowed are not law-abiding creatures at all. And they break laws readily, especially when they feel like there will be no consequences. So I'm like, okay, I'm kind of a law follower. I instantly freaking hate this race. (laughs) And I wanted to stop doing this lore lesson and just go slaughter as many of them as I could in the game, which I will be doing shortly after this podcast (laughs) because they've... They've re-pissed me off now. <laughs> I'm a very law, I'm a very law-abiding citizen oh, in my life, man. and this that like ticked me off. So, the slowed have no true morality. They have no problem committing atrocities such as blasphemy, theft, torture, murder, genocide, Jeez. and the like. <laughs> I freaking hate this race you're terrible so people. Bad. they have no conscience and they take forever like they don't do anything it takes so long for them to do anything oh my i can't i'm already stressed out like i feel like i need to go do something just because they they don't do anything yes agreed okay so not only are they terrible beings with every decision they make or every slow decision they make the slowed are very socially awkward but they do have a natural talent for acting out human-like emotions. And when I was reading this, I'm like, what do you mean they have a natural talent for acting out human emotions? They have a natural talent for mocking human human culture. <laughs> and I'm, th- I'm further thinking, F these guys. <laughs> they suck. <sighs> yeah, so, okay. They have no concept of loyalty, friendship, or honor. They don't show respect to any other beings unless they have been successfully defeated or deceived. I mean, they have dug themselves a hole. Right. Of why they are the most hated race on Tamriel. They don't speak Tamrielic typically, but when they do, they often speak in the third person perspective, much like Khajiit. So I didn't like this. I didn't like this comparison because I love the Khajiit. <laughs> so you're even more offended. I love the Khajiit. <laughs> so I'm even more offended by the slowed now that they speak in the third person. 
So this is like a giant slap in the face for you. This was it's a giant. Like, I think for anybody, I'm angry. <laughs> three hours of Molag ball suck. bag here. Yeah, the history of the slope. Now that we're away from all the terribleness that is the slope, here's the history. So they are rumored to have lived on the islands of Thras since the very earliest years in Ern. But they've also been speculated to have existed in the Somerset Isles, which could be a reason why they dislike the Altmer so much. Because it may have been speculated that they could have lived there right. before the Altmer moved in. So where they were when the Altmer, when the Aldmer first landed, you know, when they were figured out that, man, there's a lot of well on this in this area. We should kill it. Right. We should kill them all so we can inhabit this area. Where were the slow then? Yeah. You know, were they hiding? Were they in caves? Did they did they see them coming? And now they're just upset that they took over their land. So who knows? Um, but some of the, the most ancient ruins in Somer- Somerset were rumored to have been created by the Slode. Um, and some speculate that the Somerset Isles themselves were originally part of the Slode's uh, kingdom of Thross. Here's a fun fact. Isgrimor, the Atmoran king, we've talked about him before, uh, some of the first um, Nordic settlers in the Merithic era. So Isgrimor was said to have had a wine sack in his possession that was made by the Slode. And this possibly indicated that he may have had some sort of contact with the Slode. Hmm. Yeah, kind of a little fun fact there. So although the Slode are somewhat physically inept, they have been able to utilize necromancy and their uh, conjuration magic to summon creatures from the sea to attack Somerset Isles. And they're still doing so. In Somerset, when you play through, this is a fact. This is happening. Um, As a matter of fact, the Slode have been known to raid the Altmer from time to time, and they've done so for many, many generations. The Red Guards of Hammerfell have also been known to battle against the Slode since the time of the early Regatta settlers. So when the Red Guard, wow. when they were the Regatta and they first landed on, Hammers, on Hammerfell, they were having problems with the Slode back then. But for the Red Guards, wasn't an issue. They quelled the attacks from the Slode. Um, although there were still sightings of Slode off the coast of Hammerfell well into the Third Era. So well past where we're at in... Um, the second era that we play ESO in. One particularly notable offensive that took place by the Slode occurred in the first era, year 1301. The Slode invaded Skywatch in Auradon. And the way they did that was they utilized disease as their weapon. So although the Altmer put forth a very good defense with magical constructs, they were eventually overtaken at Skywatch by a suicidal slode, filled himself with, vol- with volatile chemical potions, and launched himself to the base of the cliff beneath the Altmer defensive position at High Tide Keep. When he did this, um, it blew up, and they were able. The slode were able to move in and take over that position, but they were um, eventually pushed out by Altmer. Um, sometime later, so they didn't hold that position for very long, and they were ended. Up, they ended up being uh, taken out. Huh. So the 
There's a neighboring island of Erinorn. Erinorn. I got it right. Yeah. And that was actually con conquered by the Slode and held for about a thousand years before being taken back by the All Flags Navy. So you'll like this, Jibs. The All Flags Navy. Who were they? Mm -hmm. A multinational coalition of Tamriel's largest naval force in history was formed in the first era. It was year 2200 in the first era. In response to the Sea Slode's devastating Thracian Plague. I told you we're going to talk about the Thracian Plague. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Thracian Plague. This was the Slode's most devastating attack on Tamriel, and it began to manifest in the western regions of Tamriel in the first era, year 2200. That's the same exact year that the All Flags Navy was formed. The All Flags Navy formed in response to the Thracian Plague. The slowed engineered plague was responsible for wiping out, pay attention here, the slowed engineered plague was responsible for wiping out more than half of Tamriel's population. Whoa! And large amounts of livestock at the time. Yes. Wow. Significant. That's crazy. In response, yeah, it's nuts. In response to the to the attack, the All Flags Navy was formed and began to lay siege to the Isles of Thross. Like we have to kill them all because what they did was gnarly. Yeah, how, Half the freaking population. I feel like that'd be like a terrible scene out of a movie though, just to watch them try to take over a city because of how slow they move. Like how would that how would that go? You know what I mean? So the slowed sit back and they use their conjured constructs. Oh, okay. To fight. Okay. Right. And then in this one when I was when I was talking about their attack on Skywatch I thought it was funnier than hell because the way that they took it over was when that suicidal slowed, filled himself with a bunch of alchemical po potions, and then launched himself <laughs> to the base of their of their main defense, and basically blew up, right? And and you know he blew up right underneath their main defense, and the main defense collapsed into the sea. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I mean, that's freaking psycho. Yeah, they're yeah. They're a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, so they're repulsive, for one. Yeah, they smell. They're terrible beings in every respect. They stink, and they do these atrocities. I think... I mean, if there's ever a case for a race of being to be wiped off the face of a planet, <laughs> it is the slowed. I mean, I was fine with everything else, but the moment that you said they talk in third person... That did it. I've already done the Black oh, Sacrament. I mean, That's what it did? I mean, that was That it. was the one. The, the moment that they started acting like they're Khajiit. The worst. Okay. There's more, bro. There is more. <laughs> so they launched the Thracian Plague. Wipe out half the population. Large amounts of livestock. So now the people can't eat. So now you have a famine. In response to the attack, the All Flags Navy, basically everybody else who was ever warring at the time, decided we need to get together and we absolutely have to put a stop to this. So they get together, they form the All Flags Navy, they go and they start to lay siege to Thross. Many of the ships in the offensive were lost because the Slode conjured a storm at sea and a 
bunch of the ships in the All Flags Navy were, were they actually perished in this storm. But the bulk of the force managed to make it through, and when they landed on Thras, basically slaughtered every slowed they could find, which was well played, had to happen. Right. So during this offensive, the island of Thras itself was actually sunk, although some believe it was sunk because of the slowed sinking it themselves to thwart the attack, and others believe it was sunk due to the magical powers used by the um, by the All Flags Navy uh, during their attack. So it really nobody knows how Thras was sunk, but it was. Um, the god and arch warlock by the name of Osirabane ah. from our last cast. Stop it. Um, god and arch warlock Sirabane was said to have aided the All Flags Navy with the destruction of the Slode and of the Thracian Plague itself. Huh. So it ended there. Yeah. Gnarly. That's not it. There's more. Oh, wait. There's more. There is more. The Slode and Necromancy. Let's talk a little bit more about their necromancial tendencies. Most of their culture is centered around how well they practice necromancy. They utilize a recall spell as a means to travel because they're giant, disgusting fat bodies. They can't do it themselves. And that's how they travel in a lot of respects. So that's kind of one of the first things that they learn. Some have gone so far as to say that they are among the most gifted necromancers in all of Tamriel. They use large amounts of their own larvae, their own children, in necromatic, necromantic rituals, Dude. and they've been known to revive dead sea creatures as pets and to assist them nuts. in battle. Yes, it's disgusting. So one of the most notable slow that we talked about, Nagasta, found himself in service of the great king of worms himself. He was gifted an island near Stros Mackay to practice his necromantic rituals and Daedric dealings. Mm. Mm -hmm. Religion. Who do the Slode worship? Well, it is currently unknown if the Slode actually worship any gods, but some speculate that they practice some form of a religion because their ceremonies are super freaking weird. <laughs> so people are like, God, they might, who is it? We don't know who it is, but it's got to be somebody. That they worship. Mm. They are known to practice ritualistic sacrifice of um, sacrifices to the Daedric princes, and they have an undying respect for Mana Marco simply because of his mastery of necromancy. Many slowed consider him to be a hero of their race. Mm. Just in case you needed another reason to hate them. Yeah, right. Well, this goes on. It does. Um, before we close on the slowed, we'll talk a little bit about their architecture. Their architecture is immediately identifiable due to their use of coral as a main building material. So on the island of Thras, a massive network of coral constructs and ancient ship shipwrecks adorn the landscape and are used as a method of quick transport between the islands of their island archipelago. You'll like this part. Each land-based building on Thras is said to be covered with several inches of slimy water. Oh my gosh, man. That's how they get around. That's got to be the worst smelling 
place. <laughs> it's so gross. It, oh. It's so gross. Oh, so, whatever their motivations, they are a very curious race. One with tons of speculation and a lot of hatred. Yeah. I totally get it now. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. I went into this lore lesson blind. I knew nothing of them outside of, you know, what we what we encounter in Somerset. And, oh, my gosh. I totally, I am totally logging in, killing the Sea Slowed World boss on Somerset. That is over happening. And over and over and over and over again. Repeatedly. And look who else is here. My freaking eek. What's up, my man? How does anyone know that it was a city of Winterhold? Mike did not see it with his eyes. Did you? Mike, I rolled your I rolled your brother the other day. <laughs> He's very talented in the ways of the warden. Oh, is that a strong stamina? All right, man. Well, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Well, Mike's giving you guys some wisdom, and we think it's time to give you some. And we've been talking about doing this for a while. And uh, usually, old Cashy Bear does the old add-on, the old ESO 101, but today, little Jibs is doing it. So, today, in the ESO 101, we are talking add-ons. Now, I'm discovering this a lot with a lot of players that come to Elder Scrolls Online. Um, that they have not, it doesn't matter, young, older, in, anywhere in between. There's a lot of people who have not touched add-ons. Partially because it's like a foreign language to them and they don't know how to do it. Or two, they've just never really given it a thought. They've never really looked at it as something that they should consider doing. And really, you could play Elder Scrolls Online your entire ESO career, and you you don't have to use add-ons. Wait, I could make this a career? Uh, yeah. Um, so we get on Twitch without the, with the rest of the millions of people who are trying to do the same thing and go get your career. <laughs> so that sounds hard. Yeah, sounds hard. Uh, so with Elder Scrolls Online, you could play, like I said, you could play your whole career of ESO and never touch an add-on. But add-ons have a really um, just like if you played Skyrim and you downloaded mods. It's the exact same thing with add-ons in Elder Scrolls Online. And it offers a whole nother way to enjoy the game. Just like if you were getting into RP for your first time, or maybe you're getting into guilds for the first time. I mean, there's a lot of people joining the official Lore Seekers Guild, and I, I've seen this time and time again. This is my first time being in a guild. Super stoked to be here. So it's the same thing with add-ons. You know, I would encu- encourage you to get involved with add-ons. And if you're wanting to do it, Today, we're going to kind of talk about real quick how to get A, get it all installed, but B, we're going to go over some of our favorite add-ons, what they do, and where you can get them. Every add-on that we're getting ready to mention will be linked over at the episode page at loreseekerspodcast.com, so you can see everything we're doing, and you will have all this link, so you can just follow along, get it downloaded, and do your thing. So, add-ons. Probably... In the MMO space with add-ons, there is a lot of add-on managers. Okay, whether it was if you were using Curse, um, or which I believe Twitch is now bought, it's now the Twitch app, or you were using, oh shoot, uh, gosh, what other add-on sites are? Well, we let's use this one, um, ESO UI, which has its yep. own add-on manager, which is a program that you download to your computer 
that you can get add-ons through, install straight to your computer. You can update your add-ons with every expansion as the author updates it. And that's called Minion. And we'll have this linked again at the episode uh, page over at loreseekerspodcast.com. Basically what Minion is, it's a program that manages your add-ons. Okay, like I said earlier, a few seconds ago, you can find new add-ons. You can see the ones you've installed. Um, everything It's really, really, really handy. And I never heard of Minion until Cash kind of introduced me to it when I came to ESO about four months ago. And it's fantastic. It's a great way to get add-ons. So how do you get this? Well, what you do is you go to... You, hey, you can just type into Google. I believe it's uh, Minion... What add-ons management? I, I believe is the program Minion add-on management. Um, type that in Google and it'll pop right up. And if you've already got ESO installed and you download Minion, it's going to identify the game that you already have installed that Minion can get add-ons from. So in your case, it would be Elder Scrolls Online. So what you're going to do? Get and Skyrim and Skyrim. Yeah, get all that downloaded. Which again, linked at LoreSeekersPodcast.com episode page. So now what do you do? You've got Minion. It's at the top. It says Find More with a little a little magnifying glass. So if you click it, it's going to show you all these add-ons that you can pick whatever ones you want. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, before we start going through the add-ons that we like, when you are looking at add-ons, just a, a small caveat to any time you get an add-on for Elder Scrolls Online, if the add-on is out of date you are more likely to get random errors that will pop up on your screen. There'll be a small... You're guaranteed. Yeah. You're guaranteed yeah. to get them. Yeah. So it's just keep that in mind if you get out-of-date add-ons. Now, no matter what, when a, new, when a new expansion drops, for instance, Somerset, we're all getting errors right now because the add-on managers haven't had time to update that add-on. Once everything's updated, you're, you're good to go. You're fine. Very rarely will you actually have an issue. So... That being said, Cash, I'm going to let you go first. I know we we're each doing what, three of our favorite, uh, some of our favorite add-ons. So, Cash, first add-on is... My very first, very best, love it, now cannot live without it add-on is called Easy Travel. And the way this one works is... You know how normally, like, if you want to travel to a location mm-hmm. and you have to go to a way shrine, um, this one, no matter where you're at in the world, you go to your map and the little pins on the top of the screen that shows all the locations that you can travel to, right? Mm-hmm. You go to that pin and you right click on the zone or the area that you want to go to. If anybody in your in your friends list or guilds list is in any of those is in that location, it immediately starts porting you to where they are at. That's fantastic. So say for instance, and this works very well if you're part of a large guild or like a large trading guild where there's tons of people online at any, at any one time, because it increases the chances of you being able to travel to that person. So normally you would have to, if you didn't have easy travel, you would have, you could still do this, but you would have to go into the, into the roster list, sort where those people are at, find the location that you want to go to, 
right click on that person and hit travel to player. And that will that would normally put you at the closest way shrine to that player. Well, easy travel does all that for you by just right clicking on the zone you want to go to in the map list. Mm-hmm. And it takes you automatically there. So for example, Jibs, mm-hmm. you are in some obscure area of, of Cold Harbor. I've never been to Cold Harbor. I haven't picked up any other way shrines, but I want to go to you because I need to get to that zone. Right. I go to my map, go to Cold Harbor, right click on Cold Harbor. And because you're there and you're in my, you're in my guild, it automatically takes me to the closest way shrine to you, regardless of whether or not I have that way shrine myself. Right. So that is by far my favorite. It makes traveling oh, very, man. very easy. It takes less steps. You know, it'll get you to point A to point B Way less. so much faster. Really, really quickly. And if you don't, if nobody's there, it will queue you up. Um, basically starts, starts a rotation for when somebody goes to that area, then it will, it'll send you. So normally I just cancel out of that and then find other ways to get there if there's nobody there. Okay, my next one. Next one is Dolgabon's Lazy Rick Crafter. I know I've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. This one, if you're a crafter and you do your daily writs, this one is a must-have. Basically what it does is, is a couple little things you need to do to set it up, super easy things you need to do to set it up once it's, uh, uh, once it's installed. And once you do that, any writ that you pick up that you have the mats for as soon as you go to that crafting station and click on it, it will automatically start making these items for you. It's amazing. Automatically. It is good. Yes. It works very well. And this saves you from having to go into your crafting interface, find out exactly what the request wants you to wants you to make, make sure you have all the mats, make sure you click all the right buttons. It does it all for you automatically and very, very quickly. So this is a great one to have if you're a crafter and a writ, uh, and a writ doer. Okay, another must-have is called Destinations. Destinations is an add-on that shows you all kinds of things on your map. So for instance, it shows you all the way shrines, whether or not you've picked them up or not, areas of interest, public dungeons, Mundus stones, dolmen locations, group bosses, group dungeons, quest hubs, crafting locations, solo dungeons, group events, group delves, and trials. It drops them all on your map for you. And I'm telling you, your map would be naked if you didn't have destinations. It is an outstanding add-on and a must-have. I agree 100%. Especially handy going back to the lazy writ crafter. That having that add-on is extremely handy during the um, uh, what was it? The anniversary event. Those writs that we would be doing. Fantastic add-on. So right. uh, let's see what else we got here. So I really like when I'm playing my game. I I'm a, I have a mobile setup. I do not have a desktop computer. I do everything via my mobile work setup. My work laptop is my gaming laptop. My gaming laptop is my podcast laptop. Everything happens here. 
And so for me, and I have a, a 15.6 inch screen. Maybe one day I'll get a gaming desktop and I can enjoy the big screens. But until then, I needed a way to be able to take some of the UI down a few notches without, you know, totally changing the UI. And so now, small caveat to this, this add-on is out of date, but it's far more recent than the other option. I use Azura Interface Enhanced, and what this allows me to do is it allows me to take parts of the add-on, uh, I'm sorry, parts of our UI, what we're looking at, the abilities, the compass, and shrink it down. I've got my compass set up to where it's probably about 85% because you know I don't need it that thick. I'm not. I mean, I'm, it's right there, right in my right in my face all the time. I don't need it that large, and so I shrink that down. I shrunk the, um, or excuse me, I shrunk that down, and then I also shrunk the quest hut, the uh, quest, um, what is it, the quest log. Well, normally in the right hand of your screen, I shrunk that down a little bit, and I was able to move stuff around, shrunk my action bar. Um, increase the size of my health bar and you can just go through all of this stuff and set up your UI where if you, and it's really handy for people like me who are on very mobile based setup and so it allows you to shrink everything down move it around however you want and you still have all your UI everything's right there and so it's fantastic uh, my next one I'm, I'm big on doing screenshots and I don't know if this is as I get older I get more into photography but I'm super getting into photography Part of that is being screenshot. You have a snarky comment. I see it in your face. Part of that is... No, I don't. I, I downloaded this one on based on your recommendation. I love it. Oh, awesome. Um, this is a fantastic add-on if you take a ton of screenshots and you don't want to shrink your UI all the time with the commands. All you got to do is call a photographer, and I believe it's also uh, photographer updated. All I do is type slash X and hit enter, and it will automatically take away the UI... Take the screenshot and restore my UI for me. This is big because we use a lot of screenshots for art in the show. We use a lot of screenshots. I like to take through Photoshop afterwards, uh, make desktop backgrounds, just all kinds of fun things. And especially if you're wanting to write articles, if you're finding yourself wanting to get into blogging about your experiences in TSO, but you're having to constantly shrink your UI and all this, we don't have to do that. Just get photographer updated, and I believe the the stand the default keybind is slash x and that will take it all for you it's fantastic it's awesome now my one of my most needed add-ons for my dps classes that i have found is very handy because it allows me to really make the most of my rotations to make sure i'm keeping my damage up it's called action duration reminder and so what this does now i'm going to read the description to you then i'll kind of interpret is this add-on tracks your slotted abilities that have duration attributes or damage over time effects, which reminds you when the the ability is coming to a close. So if I throw a dot or I throw an ability on an enemy that's ticking away at their health, and while that's doing that, I switch to my other bar for, let's say, um, a different staff, that ability... Once I've switched the bar, that ability will pop up on top of my other action bar that I that I just switched to. And so it'll constantly be ticking down, telling me, hey, look, you can do these abilities on this bar, but your dot on your other bar is getting ready to be over with. You need to refresh it, you need to get back on the enemy. 
And what this does is it allows you to keep your damage up, to have the best quote-unquote rotations possible. So you are never down on your damage. And honestly, I've I've always kept it on. I like to have it even if I'm... Even on my healer classes, like I just like to have it on to it, it tracks your heals as well. So, you know, how much longer your healing is going to last. Um, if you've got a... Uh, what would you... It wouldn't be damage over time. What would it be? Buff over time? So, um, yeah. Great add-on. So, that being said, there's all kinds of them. Get out there. Look at the add-ons. Uh, there's also... Um, small side note... Uh, Botan's mini map. If you want a mini map, you know, you can minimize it. You, I mean, not minimize it. You can shrink it. You can expand it. You can put this thing wherever you want on your screen. It's fantastic. I use it. I never knew how yeah. much I needed a mini map in this game until I had it on. Uh, yep. I, I can't play without my mini map. Yeah. It's it's a must. It's a must have. And especially for us, with us running the, the uh, or having the uh, official Lore Seekers Guild, you know, there's all kinds of great guild add ons. That helps you manage manage your guilds that much better. Shows you when someone's donated to the bank, how much a member's donated to the bank, all kinds of fun stuff. So we hope this helps you, and we hope that, you know, if you've never done add-ons before, A, take a step and try it. Even if you don't like it, delete the program and be done with it. But try it out, because there's a lot of really cool stuff, and there's everything from lore to PvP to to UI change um, uh, add-ons like we talked about. Um, just all kinds of stuff. So... Yeah, and this, you know, hopefully, this is only for PC, so hopefully they release something in the future where folks on console can enjoy yeah. this stuff. I mean, I know it's it's a, probably an issue with uh, with development with console folks, with the uh, console companies, but um, it's really awesome to have these add-ons. It just, it makes gameplay enhanced for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Agreed. One hundred. I've been looking for you. Oh, hey. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands Sweet only. deal. All right. Thanks, man. Uh, well, we got mail. You've got mail. Guess we should go over this. Um, so, you guys have been sending us some voicemails, and, you know, there's no better way to, to answer your questions than when you call us at, uh, seven... What, what, what's our number? I don't even have our number. Seven, six, five, <laughs> three, eight, two... 6961. Uh, leave us your voicemails and, uh, you know, we'll put them on the show. And we thought these would be great additions for this episode. So we're going to go through these here. Uh, the first one, I don't know who this is from. Then you give us a name. And so I'm just going to call him the random fan. And uh, he's on here talking about quest options. Let's take a listen. He's the, he's the unknown traveler. There you go. Jibs, Cash, love the podcast. Keep up the great work. And thanks. Um, I guess my question would be, um, uh, do you guys wish that there were more quest options now that uh, we are getting the same quest line no matter which alliance faction you're with um, that could possibly not, you know, not ultimately alter the end result but make things a little more, have a little more variety along the way depending on what your play style of character is. I myself look forward to robbing the island blind. So, anyway, I guess that's my question for you guys. Um, R.I.P. Stuga, gone but not missed. Thanks. R.I.P. Stuga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I liked it. I liked it immediately. I love it. So, quest options. Do we wish? 
to sum it up, we have more quest options as far as how we affect these quests based on the class we are. Inequivocally, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. There's there's a little bit added into it. They've they added a little bit where you can persuade or intimidate mm -hmm. based on if you have Mage's Guild or, or Fighter's Guild passive. Mm -hmm. But it's not enough. Yeah. I would love to have more of a decision-making tree. Um, they already have so much content in the quest givers and the NPCs that you talk to. They have so much to say. Why not turn that into more of a decision-making process of whether, you know, which way that you want to take the quest? Um, cause trust me, there are some Altmer that I've spoken to. These are my own peeps that I really want to tell how I truly feel. <laughs> and you don't get an option to do so. Yeah. So that, you know, it, it would be cool for me to be able to give them a piece of my mind. If not my boot sideways mm -hmm. up 12. their arse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with this guy. I would absolutely love to have that be the case. Uh, but it's not. And I don't. I think it would be a major undertaking for them to do that at this point. That's I mean, you couldn't... From here, from here going out, maybe you could do something. But you wouldn't be able to, like, retroactively no. do anything to all these quests. No, no, way. no way. Now, here's the thing. It's kind of like a trade-off with, with MMOs. Um, because, yes, that would be awesome. But here's the thing. Tiso did that, or not Tiso, uh, Swotor did that. They do that. There is, now mind you, the staffing's different. Taking all the staffing and all that stuff away, that is a massive undertaking. To right. Because of that, having that available to you as a player, what that's going to do, what that would do to the community is your your expansions the content releases would be so much further out it would take so much longer to get content out because just think they're not just doing that one quest where you're you're the yes man pretty much all the time it's pretty much what we are we're always the yes men yes i'll help you yes i'll do this yes i'll watch over your cat yes i'll kill stuga and <laughs> oh pump the brakes bro i thought we were past that all right shh, shh, shh. no one's hurt no worries. we're okay but so, but yes, we we are very much a yes man in this game. But you know, there's a trade-off. We get our content more frequently because of that. Where they're not having to make, well, what if they make this decision? Well, then we've got to take the quest here. What if they make that decision? Then it takes us here. There's not a ton of branches off one quest. There's one branch, and that's the branch that we take. And tip, right. you know, if you don't want to do it, you just don't do it. Which I will always be of the mindset of, yeah. I would love more depth, more um, layered questing. But at the same time, I know if they did that, we, we wouldn't be getting the content releases like we're getting. So I would ultimately, because of that, I would say no. Yes. So here, just a, just a real quick point before we move on to the next voicemail. In contrast, SWOTOR, right? Mm. A game where story was one of their main pillars. So they had several different choices that you could usually choose based on how you wanted to play your character. Neutral, light side, dark side. Mm -hmm. Right? 
But in essence, that game had severely less quests than this game has. Oh, so imagine gosh. the undertaking it would. Yeah, imagine the undertaking it would it would take to do that with the amount of quest content that there is in this game. It would be insane. And you're absolutely right. We would not have the amount of content that we have uh, coming out on a regular basis. Also being said. It does, it's kind of a trade-off too, just like you were saying, because the replayability for games like Star Wars The Old Republic, where you can go back and play the same storyline, neutral, or dark side, if you the first time you played it was light side. So there is some replayability there, yeah. but I would much rather have what ESO offers in the vast amounts of different quests you can take and have the outcome be one way rather than have rather than be able to choose the outcomes that you have and have way less quests to choose from. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where, where I stand. It's not to say I didn't like the way that uh, Bioware did it with SWOTOR because you know, I did it's, it's a good game yeah. and, and, um, and the, the quests were really innovative and innovative in the way that they did it. But I would rather have, like the endless amount of oh my god it's so overwhelming there's so much content to do in this game um but have it be a little more linear yeah yeah you might as well if you wanted that for for eso it wouldn't be the same game it would hurt the game tremendously you'd basically have to cut the game we have in half and that'd be about where swotor's at with content as far as pv is concerned questing content I mean, realistically, real, realistically, yes. Would we want it if it was available? Oh yeah, oh absolutely, yeah. We take it. Yeah, but that being said, it wouldn't be the same game. So I'm just going to stick to no. I because I know what would happen following that. We wouldn't have the same game. So I'm going to say no on that. Next one, uh, let's see, Sunny Ravencourt here on <laughs> Needy NPCs. Let's take a listen. Hello, lore seekers. This is Sunny. I have a question for you. While you're leveling up, how do you guys go about managing the fact that every turn you take, no matter where you go, somebody is asking for help? Somebody wants you to help no matter where you are. So I find that if I go to a new zone, there's a whole bunch more people asking my help. If I want to do a particular guild's quest line, as I'm moving around, more people want my help. Pretty soon, I feel like I'm schizophrenic because I have... 17 million things going on and I can't keep track of what I was supposed to be doing in the first place because every corner I take, somebody waves me down and asks for my help. Do you guys tend to just try to do everything in one zone and ignore stuff outside of that or do you try to do one quest line in a guild and ignore the rest of it or do you guys just help anybody that asks? Thanks a lot, guys. Love the podcast. Alright. So... Needy NPCs. Now, I have my opinion on this. I Clearly, we have our opinion as a show on this for what happened a few episodes ago. But, Cash, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Yeah, so, uh, Sonny, thank you very much for the um, for the voicemail. And Sonny's a good friend of ours. So, um, we, we do appreciate this. And we do definitely know what you're talking about. There are people asking for help everywhere. You can't run 
you can't run 100 yards without another NPC either following you. Sometimes they downright stalk you, um, a la Stuga, but we took care of that problem. Um. But they do stalk you, and there's always a du- if any direction you head. And this was kind of the thing with what they wanted to do with this game, and most particularly with one Tamriel. People wanted that Skyrim experience where you take off in one direction, there's going to be something to do. Okay, Zoss, you nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Doesn't matter what area of the world you you land in, you pick a direction and go, and you're going to run into something relatively quickly to do. You'll run into a conversation somebody's having with somebody else. There'll be some quests that aren't even marked, but you'll listen to a conversation, click on the NPC to question them more about it, and then all of a sudden you'll get a quest. Like, holy crap. So, yeah. It does happen. Does it get annoying? In my opinion, no. And here's why. Sonny, there's a book that I want you to read. It's not a lore book. It's more of a self-help <laughs> type of book. Um, and no, this is... I'm not taking anything away from Sonny because he's absolutely right. But I'm just saying this is the length that you will have to go to in order to effectively live in the world of Tamriel. This book is called Boundaries. When to say yes how to say no, and how to take control of your life. It's written by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. <laughs> this is a real Amazonable purchase. Oh my gosh. But it would certainly help <laughs> with being able to run right past these NPCs and just continue on the path that you are that you're currently on because you absolutely have to do so in this game. So pick a guild line to stick to pick a zone to stick to. But my advice would be do not get turned off on all these side quests and all these different branches. You can go down because you will drive yourself crazy and your quest log will fill faster than you can shake stick at it. So yes, I feel your pain. I run into it every single day. I play this game. You absolutely have to draw those lines and ignore people. Not everybody has earned the right to have a seat at your table just yet. It's which is why we had to kill Stuga. I mean, it's why we had to kill Stuga. Yeah. Because she was constantly up in my crap. It's like, dude, I'm not ready for Arsinium. I was serious the first time, and the next hundred times that I ran right past you to get my my horsey training done. You're in my grill. Get on up out of it right okay so i take the opposite opinion of this i i totally there is a certain it would be like well i can't use us as an example because i feel like it we hear it all the time we want more episodes we want more 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 we could put out a show every okay here's it we could put out a show every hour for a whole week and by the end of it there would probably be some kind of 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 um, aspect to it where you're kind of burnt out. There's a there is there is such a thing as too much, and I feel like some of that is in ESO. Now, they you are absolutely right. They nailed. Are you taking a selfie right now? Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my cat taking a picture of my cat on my lap. Okay. They um, absolutely nailed the whole aspect of the whole Skyrim feel of people coming up to you problem is 
there are NPCs that follow you and follow you and run up to you where it's almost too much. Have I'm almost at a point where I wish in the future... Here's something for the future expansion. Some of these NPCs would get kind of moved around. Kind of get readjusted a little bit. They go back to the old game. Have them stand out next to something somewhere. Don't have them follow me everywhere because... Like a road. Just... Preferably in the middle of it. Yeah. Just something that's not following me all the time. Because I'll be honest, I hear it all the time. I am constantly... And I don't do them because I'm just like, shut up. I don't want to talk to you. It gets to the point where it's a turnoff for me to do the quest. Because this NPC will not leave me alone when I'm trying to have my one Tamriel experience and quest how I want to quest. I know, but he wants you to have ten Tamriel's experience. Well, he's not going to get it. <laughs> you step off, the, step off the way shrine, and he's like, "Hold that, Sutta." You know, it's like, no, yes, bro. I came here for yes, a specific reason, just, and a specific reason is not you. Yeah, it, you know, if they were going to, if if they're not going seriously, even if they move the NPCs to a general area, like the, those who do that to you, that way people know. Like, look, if you want to pick up some quests, here's some people over here chilling at the. NPC tavern, whatever it is, seriously. Is that kind? Would that kind of like be like IRL? If you're if you're looking for work, you stand outside of Home Depot. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Is it similar to that? You know the worst thing about Stuga, which is fine. You know the worst thing about Stuga when you go to Glen Umbra and she's right there talking to your Arsenium. Guess what's like not even a few feet away from you, depending on where you come in off the way shrine. The freaking Orsinium NPC. And she's like f- within feet of where you're at. That's the absolute worst part about Stuga. So it's just like when you combine all of that frustration for me, it's it's turning into I don't want to do your quest because you do not shut up. You do not leave me alone. And I purposely run from the mail. Dude, I have literally run away from Stuga, and like I'll stop. I'll get pretty far away from her because I'll be on my mount, and I'll just haul balls past her, and then I'll stop and turn around, and you can see her, like her. You can see her head bobbing through the crowd. Yeah, as she's like traversing, she's like doing the serpentine. Yeah. through the crowd to get I'm to you. Get you. I'm gonna get you. I know. You. And I'm just like, are you? Have you ever seen the like those the memes of those cats? Where they take the camera and they pan it over and you see the cat is like 20 feet away. Take the camera away and then it pans back and now the cat's like 15 feet away. <laughs> yeah. And then you pan it back and the cat's like... And it's like this yeah. this sequence of where finally the last time they pan the camera around, the cat's like right in front of you. That's exactly how I feel with some of these NPCs. And it's yeah. it's comical. I would be sad if it wasn't there at this point. Ugh, I'd be happy. Well, I mean, to me, Within it's, reason. okay, less quests, less quests. Well, no, here's the thing. But I, I don't mind if they come up to me. It's just the fact that there's so many coming up to me. It's taken the effect for, for me personally, it's taken the effect of that Skyrim feel to now where I'm just, it's almost distasteful. Like, I'm just like, I'm done. I'm done with you. I don't care. So maybe, maybe it would be better if they came up to you like once or twice and the first time you like ignored them, second time they come up to you, um, do you know how long I've been looking for you? And you have the option to say, 
Yes, Duga. I know how long you've been looking for me. I'm not quite ready yet. Unless you want to avoid incineration, I'll meet you in front of Home Depot when I'm ready. And have her be like, okay, I'll be in front of Home Depot when you're ready. <laughs> yes. Yes. Give would me. Would that be better? Yes. That would be. <laughs> I, then I know. Because then I know. I know where you are. When I'm ready for you, I will be. Yes. Genius. That's what I want. Next expansion right there. Yeah, like two years later, you finally come and she's just like, oh, God, I, I've already had a hip replacement and I got divorced and it's taken you forever. <laughs> oh, you're finally ready for Arsenium? Can't really? Walk. Yeah? Well, F you now. <laughs> no, I'm not sending you there. Oh, I'm not telling you where to go. There you go. Well, regardless, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. <laughs> this was episode 14 of the Lore Seekers podcast. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode, and we hope you did, head on over to iTunes. Give us a review for every five-star review that we get on iTunes. We give you guys some love on the show. And speaking of, we've got some reviews. So uh, here we go. From Gordo1227. says, A great podcast with fantastic hosts. They're positive about ESO. Their positivity about ESO is contagious and has brought me back to the game. The lore segments are easy to understand and are my favorite part of the show. There you go, Cash. They put a lot of effort in and have built an awesome community that is growing. I'm really glad to be a part of it. I look forward to listening every week and hope the show sticks around for a long time. Thanks, man. Thanks, Gordo. That was cool. That was cool. Appreciate, Appreciate that. it. Bone 231 says, great audio. A lot of podcasts are thrown together and sound like... I can't say it on the air. Uh, poop. Poop. Not this one. <laughs> Thanks for coming back to the airwaves. Also, thank you for making a guild. The Discord is awesome. I don't think I could have... I don't think I would have liked the Bard, but I love it. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, in our Discord, we have a uh, guild Bard. And basically, when you pop in, he's playing Elder Scrolls music all day long. And uh, Orchid actually put together a Bard that plays nothing but our podcasts on a loop. So... (laughs) If you really want to hear that much of Jibs and I, have at it. <laughs> it's all day, all night. All day, all night. But anyway, thanks, Bones. Uh, let's see. Thanks, Bones. Sticks and, sticks and tats. I love ESO. Everything about it. I'm so glad I found these guys because I love hearing about the lore and my favorite game and the tips and tricks as well. I'm slowly catching up. Now in episode five, but I'm making my way there. See you in Tamriel, my friends. Thanks, man. Thanks, Sticks. That's cool. Appreciate it. Well, you guys can call us. We would love to hear from you on our voicemail. You can call us anytime. If you don't want to write a voice or an email, you can call us simply at 765 382 6961. You can write to us, uh, loreseekerspodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to keep it easy for you, go to loreseekerspodcast.com. Right on the bottom of the homepage, there's a little form there you can fill out, and it goes right to us. So if you want to email us, that's how you do it. And uh, guilds, we do this every week. If you're looking for a guild, Cash has got them for you. Yep, we are part of Mog Nation, mog-nation.com. It's a multi-gaming community, and the Elder Scrolls portion of that guild is called Meridia's Order of Guards, M-O-G. This is a uh, multi-gaming adult guild. They are on North American PC, and you can apply for membership there at mog-nation.com. 
We're also part of the Divine Conclave, a RP community at sokan.engine.com. That's sokan.engine.com. And the official Lore Seekers Guild. You can join us by going to loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild. You'll have to download Discord. You can join our Discord server and apply right there. The only channel you'll be able to see right off the bat is the uh, Apply to Guild channel. Type forward slash apply. And there you go. Yeah, we've we'll got, get you in there. We've got about, well, yeah, we've got about 50 people that have, <laughs> that have joined a lot that throughout this whole time that we've launched the guild. It's accumulated about 50 people now. You've joined Discord, but you haven't put your app in. you got to put your app in. Then you can really yeah. join. Then, yeah, put the app in. Yeah, then all the and, channels open up for you. So uh, right, and also just so everybody knows too, we are now on Xbox One, PS4, and PC. That's right, we're covering all North America platforms. Yo, it's there. So anyway, uh, join up with us. Love to meet. Love to chit chat. We do events and all that. Um, friendly reminder: Mafala statue giveaway. You want my Mafala statue? Hasn't even come out of the box yet. Uh, here's what you do: go to at Cast. Retweet the Mafala giveaway tweet. Make sure you're following us there. Drawing will be random on June 14th. That's a Thursday. You can follow this show, or not follow the show, you can find this show anywhere podcasts are available. We are also on Spotify. For those of you who use Spotify, I know quite a few of you do. A lot of you are enjoying it. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the all the good things. We're we're all we're everywhere. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at jibsirl. Cash at modcash with a K, and most importantly, the podcast at Lore Seekers Cast. We hope you guys had a great week, had a great uh, time listening to this episode, and um, we'll see you next week at the tavern. Y'all take care. Dully Dully. That one's not trademarked. Since, we can use that one. Yeah, since Dully Dully's trademarked, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> see you guys. Have a good week. <laughs>